Good morning, everyone. Well, today we will be reading the whole of the book of Jude once more, which can be found on page 1231 in the Church Bible. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, mercy, peace and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. In the very same way, on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and heap abuse on celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Yet these people slander whatever they do not understand, and the very things they do understand, by instinct, as irrational and irrational animals do, will destroy them. Woe to them! They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. These people are blemishes at love feasts, eating with you without the slightest qualm. Shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind, autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. They are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about them. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict them all of them, the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own godly, ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, 
who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy, mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. And before as I finish that, we're just having a, a short prayer for Ben. Um, so can we just please pray? Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, we give you so much for Ben and his family. And we just pray this morning that you will bless him in his sermon, that he's able to just relay to us what Jude really means. And we thank you for him. And we ask your blessing on his day. And he always says, keep going. So, Lord, that's what we will do. And thank you in the name of our dear Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much, Heather. And thank you for reading the, the whole of a book. I said last week, we don't often have a, a whole book uh, read uh, on a Sunday, but we have the, last Sunday and this Sunday. Um, as you've gathered, we're, we're, keep, we're continuing to on go in our series uh, of looking at those short letters, those one-chapter letters uh, in the New Testament. Uh, and like last week, we started Jude, and this week is sort of um, uh, is part two, really. Uh, and we're focusing just on those last uh, six verses, verses 20 uh, through to 25. Uh, and we saw last week, if you were here, that, that the big sort of thrust of, of Jude was this idea of contending. Uh, it was there in verse three. Uh, I felt compelled to write to you and urge you to contend for the faith that was once all entrusted to God's holy people. Now, this sense that contending is, is contending both for uh, truths that, that we sort of declare, like we said in the creed, uh, truths that we believe, uh, but also contending for uh, the application of those truths, uh, to say there is a way to live, uh, and this is how it is. Uh, it was contending. It was saying that, that God has spoken, that there is a way to go, uh, that God really does care uh, about how we act and how we live. Uh, and last week, we were saying, actually, the, the reason for contending that we saw then, the first of two reasons, uh, was that some people, this is verse four, uh, some people uh, have come into the church, they sort of, they've, not, they've snuck in, as it were, uh, and they want to drive you away from true faith in Jesus. Uh, and so because of that, you need to contend for the faith. Uh, and we applied that, didn't we, by saying we need to contend as, as individuals, uh, by looking at God's word and judging whatever is said at the front and, and using that as authority, by contending as a church, by, by not simply assuming that we've had 90 years of faithful ministry, we'll have another 90 uh, to keep going, to contend as a, a church of England, to be sort of in it, to, to win it as it were, in it, to keep going, to contend for the faith. Well, this morning, we're going to both get a kind of a, a, a so what 
Uh, that's sort of the first part, verses 20 to 23. Uh, and then in 2024, we have another reason. Uh, but the reason we get there is that that famous words in verse 24, to him who is able to keep you. Uh, the big reason, which uh, if there's one thing you remember today, it's this. God is able to keep his people. Whatever you face, and that is our foundation. Whatever uh, we say, whatever we kind of apply it into, our foundation is that God will keep you because he is a God who keeps his people. Because he came to seek and save you. That's why you're a Christian. It's because of Jesus. Uh, so we hold on to that. Um, but keeping is a bit of a theme, isn't it? So it, it's in there, verse 1. Uh, we said to God, uh, sorry, to those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept for Jesus. It, it's there in verse uh, 21. Uh, keep yourselves in God's love. It, it's there in verse 24. To him who is able to keep you. Uh, and that of keeping is a sort of a special sort of phrase, isn't it? I don't know about you. Uh, when I was younger, uh, I had a special tin where I'd keep my special things. You know, you know well, the, the sort of place where you keep your, uh, your certificates and your medals. Do you have one of those? I, um, I was on a trip once to Stratford-upon-Avon, uh, and I was at a pub, and next to us was uh, this lady. Do you know who that is? Fatima Whitbread. Now, of course, we all know, I'm sure you know, most famous for winning the, the silver medal in Javelin in Seoul. I didn't know who she was. But somebody pointed it out to me. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? When she's left, I'm going to go to her table and I'm going to take the beer mat that her glass was on. And I'm going to put that in my tin. It's still there today. When I go to Guernsey next week, I'm sure I'm going to find up this sort of special tin. Now, okay, it's a slight jesting, isn't it? That's, um, that's perhaps not the most special thing to keep. But it's that point about keeping. We keep things that are important. And here, uh, we, in our passage that we're looking at, 2025, there are two keepings. There's verse 21, keep yourself... And then verse 24, to him who is able to keep you. And both of those are true. And we need to hold both of those as true. That we keep ourselves, but we remember that God keeps us. And so today, uh, we contend for the faith by keeping ourselves in God's love. Because uh, we had that whole letter read because I wanted that first bit to Remind us again of that first group of people. Because then when we get verse 20, uh, we have that great, uh, but you. But you. But you are to be different. You aren't to be like those uh, who sneak into the church, who try to divide you from Christ. No, but you are to contend for the faith. And there are four ways that, that Jude unpacks that uh, from verses 20, uh, well, 20 to 21, really. Uh, he says, first of all, uh, but you build yourselves up in the most holy faith. Uh, the way he, we're to contend, the kind of the so what, the application it is to build ourselves up in the most holy faith. Uh, that is to say, uh, we're to put ourselves in a place 
where we can hear God's word. We're to come to church week by week to come along, to, to put ourselves under the, the authority of the Bible, to come to know Jesus better. That's the, the primary way that God builds up his people. But actually, there's more that we could do as well. I mean, a, a really good thing to do is to read or listen to Christian books, uh, both contemporary uh, and from the past, uh, to uh, immerse yourself in, in other people's thinking. And both contemporary and the past are important. Uh, contemporary are helpful because they will uh, tell us things that are going on in our culture today. But actually, uh, reading books of the past is helpful as well because often there are real blind spots we might have in our culture. We need to do both books of contemporary books, reading, listening, and books of the past. It doesn't matter if you read them or listen to them. The point is digesting the information and helping us to be built up. Going along to conferences, going along to places where it's not a local church and people know it's not a local church, but going along to help you to be built up. You know, going along to the, uh, the SGP conference on the 5th of November, just a day, just up the road, uh, to be built up as we uh, hear about how God thinks about sort of human sexuality and those sorts of things. Uh, later on this afternoon, I'll wing an email with a, a link to Keswick talks from this, this week free, but there's, there's whole three weeks you can listen to and download. <clears throat> you know, building yourself up uh, by, by the beach just down the road in May, uh, Word Alive, uh, a bit further north at Easter. The opportunities to, to, to build ourselves up, to, to place us there, to help us to be built up in the faith, to contend by sending our roots deeper, building ourselves up, Jude says. But then secondly, uh, he says, build yourselves up the most holy faith and <clears throat> pray uh, in the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's just, he means just praying, praying to the Father through the Son by the Spirit, to immerse ourselves in those who can pray any place, any time, any prayer. It was a wonderful time we had on Wednesday night uh, next door in the prayer meeting. Uh, coming to pray for uh, the Sussex Gospel Partnership, to pray for Holy Club. It's a great thing to do, to come and pray. Uh, come along the second Wednesday of each month. Next, uh, next uh, September, the, uh, what are we, the 13th prayer meeting. Uh, on Wednesday at 7.30. Come along, pray. Uh, but also, you pray on your own. Gra- grab the prayer diary, electronic, paper. Just pray for the church prayer diary. Uh, get prayer mate on your phone. It'll kind of all come up for you. A uh, really helpful thing to do. Uh, come along to the pre-service prayer meeting. It's not just for those who are kind of doing stuff up the front. At uh, 9.30 in the Latimer, 6 o'clock in chapel. Wouldn't it be brilliant if that was round? Because we want to pray as God's people, that we have to pray in here we can't fit in the room. Or even actually, if you're meeting for a friend from church, just for coffee or going for a walk, why don't you say at the end, should we just pray? Just make it, it's natural. It's just that sort of uh, making prayer who we are, just adding it in. We contend by being uh, those who are constantly in communion with our God. Any place, any time, any prayer. Uh, But then thirdly, Verse 21, uh, keep yourselves in God's love. Obey. Uh, we contend by saying there is a, 
there's a truth that we believe, that's a doctrinal truth. There's a truth that we believe in kind of how we live it out. And then it's saying, do it. Live it out. Obey. Uh, as I said, uh, we're going to get to remember that second part, that God will keep you. That's a fantastic part of the passage, which I'm looking forward to coming to. And we, that is our bedrock, that God keeps us. But at the same time, Judah's saying, keep yourself. It, it echoes Jesus' words in uh, John 15. John 15, 9 and 10. Uh, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Uh, it's love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, uh, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Jesus is saying, you remain in my love by keeping my commands. Uh, and so what that means is just every day contending, saying there is a truth, uh, there is a way to live that, and I will do it. Uh, and it's as if sort of saying each day I'm going to take a step in that. Uh, I'm going to obey the Lord today. If we start to say, I'm going to obey the Lord my whole life, we want to do that. And the Lord calls us to that. But actually, think of it this way. I'm going to obey the Lord today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just say, today, in all the decisions I make, I'm going to do my, my utmost, do my best to hold fast and say, I'm going to follow the Lord today. And then do that tomorrow and the next day. But Today, today, obey the Lord today. Contend for the faith by keeping yourself in God's love. Uh, So we've had build yourself up, we've had pray, uh, we've had obey. uh, And then lastly, uh, wait, wait. Verse 21, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. We wait, don't we, because we're expectant of something. Uh, yesterday, I uh, took the kids out, and sometimes they're not the most patient. Um, but they were very patient yesterday. They were absolutely patient. Uh, when we went down to Tesco at Shoreham, uh, we went in. We didn't go to Tesco or M&S. We went to the one in the middle, uh, to McDonald's. Uh, and we did our kind of order on the screen, and they were very wait, very patiently waiting for their uh, processed chicken nuggets um, to, to be there. They were waiting, and they were happy to wait because they knew what was coming. And I jest at them, but I'm the same. I I order, it might be McNuggets, it might be fish and chips. I I order something, and I'm waiting, and I'm expectant because I know what's coming. That's why we wait, isn't it? You wait outside the bus stop, not because in vain hope the bus may come by, because you're expectant the bus is going to come. That's why you wait. Verse 21, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. We're waiting as Christians in the expectation of what is to come. God's mercy and grace that will bring us home. That's why we wait. Because we're waiting for what is to come contending for the faith is saying, I'm living today in light of that day. But more than that, then, Jude unpacks 
verses 22 and 23, uh, what that is to, to live as we wait. And there are three things he says there. Uh, the first is he says, he says, be merciful to those who doubt. Be merciful to those who doubt. Maybe you've been asked the question, or maybe you've even thought the question, does, does God love me? Or, or how do I know God loves me? Or am I really a Christian? And what Jude is saying, he's not saying uh, to that person, uh, go up and say, you're being ridiculous. Grow up. Of course you're a Christian. Don't be so silly. No, he says, be merciful. He says, he's saying, it's the, the, the sister brother. I know things are tough. Those questions you have are actually questions that we all have sometimes. But remember, Remember that you are loved, you are kept, you are held. Jesus is holding you. And you can know that you're loved by looking back to the time that Jesus loved you by giving up his life for you. When people ask questions, we we shouldn't assume that they're about to drop off the edge of the cliff, the faith cliff, and disappear. Assume that they're about to be those who are going to backslide. But actually, they're simply asking questions because they're creatures who are trying to grab out to the infinite God. They're people like you and me. So be gentle. Be merciful to those who doubt. Then verse 23, uh, save others by snatching them from the fire. Jude mentioned earlier, didn't he? Verse 7, the punishment of eternal fire. And the simple truth is, we must remember, is that those without Christ go to hell. It's not easy when we think of that. It's very hard. And maybe primarily Jude has in mind here uh, the person who's being led astray by those in the church. Those who have come along who are trying to drag them away from Jesus. And he's saying, uh, do what you can. So maybe first and foremost, that, that's the application for us. Maybe there are, there are people who we notice haven't been at church for a while. Now, again, it's not assuming because they've not been here that they're dropping off the the cliff. But maybe we need to just get in touch. To to not assume someone else would do it, but just pick up the phone, send a text, put a card to try to, to snatch them away from the fire. But we must do all we can. And if we must do that for those who are in the church, we want to do the same for those who might be outside the church. Do all we can. If we were to walk down the street and we saw a fire in a house and we saw somebody in the window there, I guess our first instinct might be to to do something to get their attention, to shout at them, to to call out, say, look, do you know there's a fire in your house? Uh, To to kind of, to, to, to try and beckon them out. 
but maybe they won't listen. And I guess there's a point where we would, we would run in and grab them away from the house. Even then they might not listen or want to come. But can you see the point is that, that actually uh, this is so important. We must do all that we can. And sometimes that might mean saying uh, hard things. Not in a mean way. And we're going to come on to that in a minute. But saying truths that we know might be uncomfortable. And we need wisdom to know when that looks like. But Jew says, save others by snatching them from the fire. And then lastly, he says, to others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. Now, this, this could mean two things. It could mean either be careful as you seek to win others, so, for example, you might say, oh, uh, there's a cycling club uh, happening on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And uh, I think I should go there to try to win others for Christ. And I'm going to do that every Sunday. And you think, well, that might not be the wisest thing to do. Because you're, you're removing yourself away from where you're going to be built up and fed. You, you've got to be careful. Or it might be referring to those who are permanently hardened towards the things of Jesus. Who never, never want anything to do with it. And did you notice, though, what he says? He says, he doesn't say show contempt, he doesn't show, show frustration, he doesn't show give up. He says, show mercy. Time and time and time again, never give up, never stop showing mercy. Never, never, never stop holding out the hand of hope. There's a lot in those um, four little verses. There's loads of things for us to think about. We we maybe do wise uh, later just to, to read those four verses again later. Uh, to unpack what it might mean for us to be to be built up, to be praying, uh, to be obeying, to be waiting, to contend. But of course, we have two verses left. We have two verses left. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and great joy. To the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Whatever we face, God is able to keep you. Did you know that um, every second the sun converts 700 million tonnes of hydrogen to 695 million tonnes of helium with with 5 million tonnes of energy? I'm sure you did. Um, And that's the equivalent of 386 billion billion megawatts per second. What does that mean? Uh, It means that one second of the sun's energy could power the whole of the United States for nine million years. Genesis 1 verse 16. He also made the stars. And the other billion, trillion stars with them. God's able to keep you. Uh, There are 321 uh, billion, 
3,291 cubic miles of water in the world. That's at 5 trillion, 500 billion swimming pools, Olympic swimming pools. Isaiah 40:12, the oceans are in his hand. God's able to keep you. The Lord is the beginning and the end. He knows tomorrow. He knows next week. He knows next year. God is able to keep you. Yes, we keep ourselves in his love. We do what we can. We contend. We we build ourselves up. We pray. We obey. We wait. But we do that because he did it first. We love because he first loved us. That, that when I fail, when I mess up, he will keep each and every one of us. Now this morning, there are some things, which problems that, that I know. But there's a whole heap of problems that I not have a clue about in your life. Maybe that's illness. God will keep you. Maybe you you face bereavement. God will keep you. Maybe you're facing sadness. God will keep you. Maybe you're facing unemployment. God will keep you. Uh, Maybe you're facing uh, an uncertain future. God will keep you. Uh, Maybe you're facing a time of difficulty. God will keep you. Maybe you're facing something new and you're worried about it. God will keep you. Maybe you feel helpless. God will keep you because he is able to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. He will hold you in his hands. He will bring you home. Your foot will not stumble. For he who doesn't, doesn't have a slumber or sleep. Jude calls us to contend. He says there is a truth. Uh, There is a a truth that's worked out and there is a way to live that. He says build yourself up. Uh, Pray, obey, Uh, wait, live in light of that day. But we do that because we have complete confidence that God is able to him. Who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. How very, very. Amen.